Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kohler Uncut, the podcast that won't leave you in the dark. This podcast is dedicated to the fascinating and vast topic of energy. The topic of today's episode is hydrogen. When it comes to going green, lots of companies, governments, and groups are quick to point to hydrogen as a solution. So let's learn more about this energy source and talk about why it's not more commonly used today. To help us answer this question and more, I'd like to welcome to the podcast Ben Crawford, Business Development Manager at Kohler, and Nicole Dirksaiti, Director of Kohler's Generator Categories for 600 kilowatts and above. So let's start with the topic, what is hydrogen? Um, maybe it's more of like a history lesson because I personally don't know, and maybe some of our listeners don't either. Uh, maybe, Ben, you can tell us how long has hydrogen been around? When did we first start hearing about hydrogen? Yeah, so, you know, we say that around the mid-18th century, uh, hydrogen was kind of discovered as an element, uh, though probably much before that, people were actually producing it and just not knowing that they were uh, through chemical reactions. But, you know, a lot of us, I think, uh, when it comes to mind of, of hydrogen is the Hindenburg. Uh, it's 14 times lighter than air, so it can lift up airships. And that kind of gives a bad rap to the hydrogen industry. But in reality, it was uh, static electricity that kind of started that fire. And, you know, like any combustible fuel, uh, it ignited. But yeah, so kind of fast forward to like the 1960s. I think another great uh, resource that hydrogen was used for is uh, the Apollo missions, both in propulsion, but also in regards to the fuel cell system that was used on the Apollo spacecraft. Okay, so really exciting, kind of notable uh, uses. You know, should we be excited about it today? What is the promise of this really light fuel source? Yeah, sure. So like uh, a lot of other, you know, gaseous or liquid uh, fuel types, um, it can both store and deliver energy. So you can burn it through um, a process like combustion through an engine, or you can uh, uh, use it through a fuel cell. Um, and what's promising about all of this is the fact that uh, you're reducing your emissions. And I could probably talk about this a little bit later, but, um, you know, through combustion or through fuel cells, um, you're really reducing your carbon uh, dioxide output uh, compared to other traditional fossil fuels. Well, I'd love to dive into that. That's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast is how to reduce our emissions. Um, but maybe first, I know that there are different types of hydrogen. Maybe you could break them down for us. Are they, are they all sort of equally promising and good or are there better than other ones. Maybe, Nicole, you could take that one. Yeah, this is where it gets very exciting and colorful, as we like to say. Um, it's really the colors of the rainbow. So when we talk about hydrogen, not all hydrogen is created equal. And hydrogen typically is defined with a color that indicates both its source of whether we call it feedstock or fuel, and also the technology used to make it. So as an example, right, and there's a lot of them, there's black, brown, gray, your purple, pink, and then green. And we'll focus more on green. You'll find out in a moment why. But as we look at those, you can think of like black or brown hydrogen. And these are ones that they use a gasification technology to create the hydrogen. And that source that it comes from tends to be coal. So as you can imagine, that is a very, very high kind of carbon footprint and overall greenhouse gas emissions footprint. So not an ideal source, not really helping um, us and our customers achieve those reductions that we're looking for. When you go to the opposite end of the spectrum, that's where we have green hydrogen that we view as the most ideal. And with that, green hydrogen uses electrolysis 
as a technology to produce the hydrogen. And then the source will be renewable energies. It'll be wind, solar, hydro, things like that. So as you can imagine, it has a very, very small, minimal footprint. And that's really right the ideal hydrogen to use when you want to have that reduction in emissions. Thank you, Nicole. So Ben, would you say that there are any downsides of hydrogen? What might be the, the cons uh, of hydrogen? Sure. Yeah. So when we compare it to kind of like our traditional fuel types, you know, hydrogen's energy content is, is just really low to, to the volume ratio. So you have to store a lot of it to get the same kind of like output and, and footprint that you'd expect out of, you know, traditional fuels. Um, so storage is just a challenge um, and it requires, you know, a high pressure if you really want to kind of compress the hydrogen to a reasonable amount of square footage and then also low temp. So as you compress it, it kind of needs to be low temperature as well. And then there's material considerations. Again, like I mentioned, it's 14 times lighter than air, so it likes to escape. It likes to just go wherever it can. And it's a challenge, so you have to consider what types of materials we're using to compress you know, for the vessel, but also when we make connections with piping and things like that. We have to make sure that they're all sealed. Otherwise, um, the hydrogen likes to escape. So it sounds like that can be really challenging. And Nicole, you know, you just defined green hydrogen, which obviously sounds really promising, but is the reason that it's not more broadly used today, is it about sort of all the, the lists that Ben just gave us about uh, storage and, um, and it escaping and, and all of that? Yeah, I mean, that definitely does present challenges, especially as we look at more broadly scaling up and what it takes to put those systems in place. But it's also further complicated today because if you want to have green hydrogen, right, that source needs to be the renewable energies, means solar, wind, hydro as examples, and have the electrolysis processing in place to create that hydrogen. We find, right, we're going to see hydrogen scale a little bit in the same pace, if you will, or maybe slightly behind the pace of those adoptions of renewables. So we're excited to see further and further renewable adoptions in the market and around the world, but that is going to pace that availability of green hydrogen and then that additional investment for the electrolysis processing. The other challenge with that is you really do want to limit your emissions footprint as much as possible. So we also tend to see a lot of that generation and then usage be very close to that source. So not only do you need the solar, the wind, the hydro, you want to do the electrolysis there and ideally even do some consumption there. So you get some geography challenges as well. All of these are just meaning today we're not seeing right high adoption rates, but we see the potential. And as we have broader adoptions of renewable energy, these renewable energy sources, we're going to see that hydrogen availability grow with that. Okay. Really interesting. So for those who are able to procure hydrogen, who are in the right geography and, and have those sources, how are they using it today? So today, um, and I kind of touched on this earlier, um, majority of hydrogen is used for rocket fuel. So places like NASA are using it um, as a propellant, but also it's commonly used in petroleum refining, um, other industrial processes um, such as semiconductors. So a lot of this is focused in the industrial gas sector, right? So it's definitely new for us to be looking at it um, as an energy carrier. And I think that that's what you know, provides so much promise to it, but also is the challenge of just growing that infrastructure to support its use. And Ben, I think right, you have a, a story, a fun story to tell that you actually saw hydrogen in action 
um, we'd say in the wild, right, in kind of an everyday use. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I, I happened to, uh, you know, request an Uber when I was in Southern California, and it happened to be a, a Toyota Mirai. Uh, so that's a fuel cell car. And, you know, to elaborate further on the fuel cell part of hydrogen and, and energy, uh, the only output when you're using hydrogen with a fuel cell is water vapor and heat. Uh, so there's no emissions at the point of use. And that's, you know, another great promise of hydrogen. So this car is using that fuel cell. Uh, so again, there's no tailpipe emissions. Um, and they just so happened on our way to the hotel, uh, <laughs> said that they were running out of hydrogen. So if it would be okay if they stopped to get uh, refueled. And, you know, I was interested in this, so, you know, despite how late it was, I was like, yes, please do. I want to watch all of this happen. But I think that that's kind of what goes into also like the challenge here a bit where um, he had to pull it up on his screen, see where a, a station was. I think in California, there's only like maybe 60 hydrogen fueling stations. And that's like, you know, the epicenter of hydrogen refueling today in the U.S. at least. And that you know, can be compared to nearly like 8,000 gas stations. So it's just not readily available, as we kind of mentioned. Um, so that was like the big challenge, but it was really cool to watch. Uh, the process was very similar to a gas station um, and your traditional vehicle. You pull up to the pump and you refill your car. It's very fast too. So I think a lot of the focus right now has been on electric vehicles, uh, but there's definitely a burden there with uh you know, recharging it. You have to stop and kind of plan out your trips and your your errands for the day and say, hey, I, I have 15, 20 minutes here. I'll recharge my car if you don't have it at home. And that becomes burdensome when we look at heavy-duty vehicles. And that's where, you know, when we're talking about what this looks like in the future, I think that that's kind of where we're going is, is certain use cases that can definitely benefit from this technology. That's so exciting that you got to actually be in a hydrogen-powered Uber. Um, what would you say we need to have or, or we need to do to get to a place where there's lots of hydrogen gas stations um, and, and lots of Ubers are running on hydrogen, for example? Yeah. So, uh, you know, infrastructure, uh, again, and just availability is, is key. And I think we are seeing, you know, the interest as well as the investment through uh, the Department of Energy uh, and institutions like that that are investing in the technology to boost that supply gap. But I think also, as I, as I mentioned, you know, it depends on the type of use case. So I think when we compare electric vehicles to fuel cells, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's much more efficient to use your standard everyday car that people are driving around as electric vehicles or even just small combustion engines. But when we look to larger equipment, um, batteries become very heavy. It takes up to hours uh, to recharge them. And that's where the promise of fuel cells can come into play, where you're able to still produce no emissions, but able to get longevity, um, duration, as well as fast refueling. And I think that that's where we'll start to see that. And, and that's why, you know, we're focused on that at Kohler, because I think the other promise with that is, is power generation. So, and what would you say the timeline is for getting there? So it's, it's going to take time. I think, uh, you know, as I touched on, the investment is definitely going to boost that. Um, but I think there's certainly a lot of changes that will happen over this decade um, and going forward that will be very exciting to, to watch, uh, but also <laughs> the, the growing pains associated with all this, too. But I think it's opening up a lot of opportunities for, you know, this energy ecosystem and the future grid. And it's just an exciting place to watch. Yeah. 
And so you touched on this, that Kohler is excited about this and, and investing in this and aligned with this. Do you think you could share specifically what Kohler is doing to invest in and be compatible with hydrogen? Yeah, so uh, you know, for our power systems business, uh, you know, we're focused on providing our customers with sustainable energy resilience. So hydrogen fits with that, you know, product solution portfolio to offer them, especially because you know whether you're combusting it and you don't have any CO two. Uh, but you have a little bit of NOx production, it's still a reduction in your footprint. Or it's a fuel cell, as I mentioned, where you're producing nothing other than water vapor. Both of those are compelling, despite the the challenges associated with not only getting the hydrogen right now, uh, but also just the acquisition cost of the technology. But I think you know two areas that we're focused on is the engine and combustion. Um, our engines business is very focused on it and exploring it because I think that there's a lot of promise with, like I mentioned, the heavy equipment, even if you're not using fuel cells in using hydrogen, just because you're still getting that footprint reduction. But, you know, at Power Systems, uh, you know, we're really looking at fuel cell technology for power generation because, like I mentioned, customers that are very focused on their footprint and sustainability um, are willing to take that next step and explore solutions that have zero emissions at the point of use. And I think that's really exciting because through our you know technology and expertise within power engineering we can really define that specification to get you that fast startup time and everything you look for in a diesel or gaseous generator today um, but you know you get that benefit of having no emissions and and that's great and compelling for a lot of customers well great thanks Ben and thank you Nicole as always for being my co-host it was so great to have you on the podcast sharing your insights and anecdotes around hydrogen yeah thank you thanks Kayla always fun to be here I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kohler Uncut the podcast that won't leave you in the dark we'll see you next time <laughs>